0: On this episode of EdTech, we're going to be talking about service level agreements. The hows, the whys, the whos. And we're going to be talking about this with Scott Tyner and Ernie Bailey. All this and more on EdTech.
1: The network for the AV industry.
2: What are you listening to? This. This is
1: AV. This. This. This This is is AV Nation. Nation. This is AV Nation.
0: This is EdTech, episode 67, SLAs, the how and why.
1: Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Extron Electronics.
0: This is EdTech, the monthly higher ed tech podcast. I'm your host, Bill O'Donnell, and this month I'm joined by Scott Tyner. Hey, sir. Hey,
1: Bill. Uh, And up, up here in Maine where we got snow this morning and we stayed up very late to watch the Red Sox. (laughs)
0: Oof, oof uh, uh, As I say, I I walked out this morning It was the first time in a while I've had to break out the polar fleece jacket I believe it was a nice balmy 45 Uh, For Scott, that would almost be a heat wave at this point
1: Oh yeah, I strapped on my bean boots this morning Really? (laughs) And
0: (laughs) as always, we have uh, Mr. Ernie Bailey How are you, sir? I'm doing just fine It's uh, balmy
2: 57 degrees here in Little Rock Jeez Uh, we we put our there? heavy coats at that temperature, so <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> right? he's like, oh, any colder, I'm gonna have to put on the parka." Anyway, <laughs> Uh well, what can I say, folks? Uh, fall, is just say, fall is here and winter is coming. And no, that's not a promo. Anyway, uh, first off, on our articles, we're gonna be looking at today. Uh, it is. Through uh, AVNetwork.com, uh, and that is uh, Peerless AV uh, added their added a new universal uh, projector mount to their heavy-duty model line. Now, uh, what that means is this: If you've never seen these things, um, quaintly, they've the first ones that came out were kind of referred to as the spider mounts. Um, they are kind of the uh, you can put the there are about four arms there, and you can. Just about position them just about anywhere and most of the better ones usually have a security screw set or a security feature set of some sort. Um, Before that the wonderful world of uh, you would go and look up the projector model you were looking for and you would order it and it would be the most custom cut piece of sheet metal you'd ever seen if you were lucky enough, it usually had a powder coat on the thing, and uh, there were four screws that were uh, uh, bolted slash heavy-duty glued or soldered into that into that plate. Um, so uh, my question to this article, and I'll shoot this to Ernie first and then we'll go to Scott, I almost want to go and say... Uh, cool. Uh, welcome to 2018. Um, <laughs> who's still buying custom who's still buying custom
2: uh, uh, mounts? Uh, we haven't bought custom mounts in years. We used to you know buy a mount. In fact we often buy the mount directly from the projector manufacturer or the display manufacturer but it wouldn't work with you know the next model that came out that you know there was a slight change in the color of the projector. Mm-hmm. But they moved the mounting hole, so you had to buy a whole new mounting set. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, we, we've been going with universals for many years now. I like them. Uh, we, we keep all the extra parts mm-hmm. that come in the box. Uh, we just have a big drawer that's sorted by manufacturer, so we can go find the right size screw or an extra arm or leg if we need it uh, to attach what we need.
0: At, at its worst, it's a quick run to the hardware store.
2: That's right. We we try not to do those. Uh, so, uh, yeah, but we go with the universal mounts. Uh, they're good, high quality. Uh, Scott has some comments. I'll let him share those uh, here in a minute about you know the some of the downfalls of them. But
0: uh, the good ones hold up, I think, and they we we haven't had any serious problems. Yeah. Now I will say this: if um, and God help me if we're still if you if you're still doing these, you know, good on you. Um, in the days of like the rear projection rooms, um, yeah, those, yes, those would be the times when you would get the custom mount because at the same time, you also had a custom frame. Now, if you ever see right. these things, uh, it usually had sometimes one mirror or if you were really s- stacked for, uh, if you were really crunched for space, there would be two mirrors. Yeah. But uh, that's the only time really I would end up seeing custom frames because the whole thing was a custom job. Right. We do
2: have a couple of uh, mirrored rear projection systems. And yes, we order a specific mount. In fact, we generally uh, have the manufacturer ship a projector to the uh, mount company. Mm-hmm. They'll make one specifically for us. that matches the mirror that we've already got mm-hmm. and, you know, and then They send us a collection of uh, parts and instruction assemblies. And it's like an erector set, always fun. an erector set, and yeah, you know, we found out the last one that well, you know, the horizontal and vertical pieces were a sixteenth of an inch difference in length. Good times. And oh yeah, the the first mount, our guys didn't pay real close attention. And it was not my staff; it was an integrator doing it, mm-hmm. and it took them uh, three quarters of a day to put the first <laughs> uh, saddle on the projector for the mount. The second one took forty five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they, they tried every possible combination of putting the thing together to make it fit the projector both the horizontal and the vertical yes uh <laughs> and they they looked at the little bitty lines on the tape measure you know
1: <laughs> <laughs> that little bitty lines
0: yeah oh that is that is a, a joy um quick thing on this one uh it is whenever you end up doing, if, you know, if you still have rear projection rooms or anything, you have the sled setups. Um, I did work for a company once that, uh, said, Oh yeah, no, no, no. We're just changing out projectors. No problem. And I went, Oh, uh, d- d- is this coming back from the, from the, the, uh, sled folks or anything? They said, no, no, no. You're just going to go in there and change it yourself. I went, okay. And, um, yeah, that was real fun because not only were we changing manufacturers, uh, this went from a Epson to a Sony projector. Uh, on top of that, it also was a completely different uh, um, throw distance, and this was one of those projectors that did not have the bayonet lenses. It was the you know fixed uh, uh, fixed zoom, and uh, yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure part of my soul is still trapped in that that little room in in uh, uh, at Deutsche Bank uh, down in uh, down in Lower Manhattan. But we'll keep it to that. Um, yeah, that's why when it comes to certain things like that, it's like no, no, no. That's that's where custom is uh, totally allowed. Um, so, Mr. Scott, your inputs on this?
1: Yeah, boy, we've been using. Um Universal projector mounts for years and years. And, and for us, it was mostly about, uh, when you, when you're trying to run into a room and you get an hour because the projector blew up to switch out a new projector and the, the mount doesn't fit. Now you gotta take the whole mount off, um, or the mount fit, but the lens had moved a little left or a little right. And now you can't hit the screen anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, so these these are wonderful the 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 <laughs> I, I laugh at this story because you had earlier meant, referred to these as you know the old spider mounts and this one actually has six arms that you can <laughs> attach to it so it must be uh very uh, the, very um you, you need a lot of time with a screwdriver to get all those screws in the right place um the one thing I did like about this that I I had mentioned earlier is that I think that um it talks about uh lockable screws and the like to prevent small shifts in image or what they call projector sag. And that's my only, that's my only issue with the um, adjustable mounts is that there's, there's so many moving pieces um, that particularly with heavy projectors over time, they sometimes seem to move um, uh, a little bit. And, you know, for, for those of us who are uh, um, AC OCD, AV people and you walk in and you see a little bit of that image off the screen, you just can't, you just can't put up with it
0: yeah um, uh, or if you're like me, who um, uh, has to take care of some of the auditoriums, and um, yeah, every now and then it's like, oh yeah, I don't know, we just bumped up to the next uh, to the next model. And you realize very quickly uh, that, oh yeah, um, by next model we meant uh, we actually shifted the lens from the left side to the right <laughs> side, and just looking going. okay, all right. And you know that's also in the same category as why you know here on campus we mostly we mostly have chief for two reasons. Uh, one is the fact that the lateral shift bars at times have been a bit of a godsend, although they do lower it down, which you know goes to the keystoning key realm. But I'm not going to go down that path. Um, the other thing, though, is that um, one of the things that we liked about it is that we actually got into the universal, um, or sorry, the locking universal mounts. Which for us it's just a quick, uh, you know, quick key turn, pop the latch, you know, take the take the old projector down, put the new projector up, and you know we don't have the uh, the the, the also wonderful Kensington lock uh, cable that's uh, going around the uh, going around the pole. Um, like I said, it's one of those ones you look and you say, oh cool, how's it up? The, you know, how how do you make sure folks don't steal it? I'm like, go ahead and try and steal it, see what happens. <laughs> No, no, it, it, in all honesty, we we actually had a room that was sectioned off uh, during renovations because capital plans swore up and down. Oh, yeah, no, this isn't going to get touched. Okay, fine, no problem. We left everything in there thinking it's going to be sealed. Eh, you know, we come back, the entire podium's been gutted like a fish, and uh, the projector is still on the pipe. <laughs> we looked we're like, oh. Uh, I was like, oh, look, The let's see, they, they bothered to take the Crestron DM box, and they couldn't get the projector off to the mount. Man, I got to go write a thank you, Larry to Chief. So, um, you know, good on them for that. So, yeah, that's just one of those things, folks. It's, it's you know, listen, I get it. Um, you know, if you've got a, a, a digital projection uh, Titan um, or one of the, you know, the the God series kind of things, um, yeah, I can totally understand that because like you said, it's, it, as I say, those are big, massive, you know, fall on you and can kill you. And in the old, as I would put it, the old days of, uh, when we still had projector, uh, um, uh, CRT projectors that had three barrels, mm-hmm. which yeah. if, uh, anyone who's watching, uh, remembers if you had to do the color calibration for that, it was like, well, I'm not doing anything for the next 20 minutes at least. Um, and if it fell on you, it would kill you anyway.
1: <laughs> so if you, to, if you tried to pick it up, it might kill you as well. <laughs> <Yes>. uh, yeah. <laughs> you, you, you,
0: if you tried to lift it by yourself, it literally went like this. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, anyways. So next up on the list is by our own Scott Tyner entitled, uh, off of rate, off of uh, rave pubs. And that is entitled dashboarding your success. And, Scott, you, you just say you want to give us a little uh, briefing on this one, and then we'll uh, uh, kind of dive into it.
1: Here. Yeah, sure. So uh, the the column was just about uh, a presentation that I was giving it at, at CCUMC uh, last like, a few weeks ago, and mm-hmm. it's about how at Bates we started using metrics and service level agreements to not only improve our operations but to better explain our operations to the people. Uh, in the organization, where we were succeeding, where we were not succeeding. Um, it, it allows us to um, set expectations with our customers, set expectations with our um, higher ups in, in, within um, you know, Bates and, and within Bates IT. Uh, and there's a little bit there at the end about how uh, we found ways to say we were going to hit these goals and have fun doing it uh, and reward ourselves when doing it. And finally, I think one of the things that I, I ended the the column with is, is the idea that if you're getting services from outside organizations, uh, they really should be doing these, these dashboards for you as well. So you can, well, for, for them, that they can prove that they're providing you the services they say they're going to, and for you to be able to look at it and um, verify that.
0: Yeah, the, um, one of the bigger things that we've uh, uh, worked up on campus is um, if you're not familiar with it, um, things like SLAs or service level agreements, uh, service catalogs, they do a big service um, to both your IT and your AV organization, mostly in the fact that uh, it says we will go up to this level, or if we install it, we do this, we cover X, Y, and Z. It's essentially like, you know, if you buy a car, Uh, You know, they go, oh, yeah, here's the powertrain warranty. Okay, well, that covers what this is. Hey, my tires are shredded. Well, whose fault was that? It's not really the manufacturer's kind of thing. But um, my question to you is, Scott, um, and this is this actually probably uh, helps things out a little bit. Being that a lot of uh, schools have consolidated their support groups and everything, do you guys have both a uh, AV help desk or an IT help desk, or is it all one, the same, or how do you guys differentiate this out?
1: Yeah, we changed that about um, a year and a half ago. Uh, we had some retirements at Bates. I moved into a new role, and so that I actually now oversee the the help desk and the classroom technology. Um, so. Up until that time, our classroom technology had a completely separate number that people would call. Um, since then, we've moved that number to the central help desk um, so that we can... Ju- one of our goals here, at Bates, is to tell everybody you have any question about anything with IT, you call the help desk, and you know we give out, we give out the number. So our help desk technicians do receive those calls and they will directly contact one of our AV technicians. So the, the jobs don't completely mix and match. That is our AV techs are our AV techs and they don't go fix computer calls and our help desk techs are computer techs and they don't go fix AV calls. I think there's still that um, there's enough uh, unique knowledge between the two jobs still that it doesn't make a lot of sense to intermingle. Um, But at least that piece of there's a central place you call, all of our um, AV tickets, for example, go into our uh, ticket management system. And Mm -hmm. so that's, that's how we can record and and track data for what we're doing there.
0: Now everyone see, and that's the other thing too. Um, Does everyone like once the, once the tickets in is, is, in our case, we just tell everyone, Oh yeah, here we use like web help desk. And like, if you have a problem or anything like that, put the ticket in. Oh, but I told you and everything. I'm like, yeah, that's that's like right now where you and I are having a conversation. You can tell me this, and then all of a sudden I go right. I got to get back to uh, you know making a uh, parts list for this project or figuring out what's going on with this code or whatnot. And it's like, and it's you know out of sight, out of mind. The moment it goes into the ticketing system. Everybody sees it, and there's now a, a tracker on it, and you can actually see just how long everything took, or at least you know wh- where was the holdup.
1: Absolutely, and I think that for a lot of um, organizations, I mean, we know we've talked about this for, for 15 years. The whole AV, IT uh, in- integration is really it's been really yeah has been really tough for some people. And and I know even here at, at Bates, it was, well, what if the help desk doesn't answer the phone when there's a classroom emergency? And the answer is, well, we're going to work through that. We're going to make sure that the help desk does answer the phone. But exactly what you just said is, once they start doing that and saying to somebody great. I'll have this conversation with you, Bill. When you leave here, you need to email the help desk because like you just said, that's going to put a ticket in. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to update that ticket. We look at the dashboard every morning and everybody's going to know two weeks from now, if I haven't responded to that ticket yet. Um, and it just, it, it's the best easiest way to keep track of that
0: stuff. And, and, and that's the thing that kind of, it also keeps everyone honest. And, um, like, so for example, Uh, A couple of folks have said, oh, this has never worked in this and that. And we actually asked the guys, like, have you ever put a ticket in? And he's like, well, no, because nothing ever gets done. And I've said, oh, no, 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 no. Here, I can actually show you, like, per room, how many rooms have had issues, uh, which folks have put in the most amount of tickets and everything else. And my all-time best, we were in the – it was a science tutoring uh, center. And uh, the lady went, oh, I don't put tickets in. And the other tutor just literally turned her head and went and said, they're not mind readers. You have to tell them this stuff. Otherwise they're not going to know. Like, you know, the, the Crestron systems doesn't tell us, Oh, Hey, this done messed up.
1: And- yeah. That, that's an amazing part. Cause it, it, it helps both sides, right. With what you just said, which is, Oh, I, every time I walk into that room, I have a problem. Okay. Let's, let's look up those tickets so we can find out what's going on in that room. Oh, wait, there's no tickets for that room. Yes. You know, are, are you telling us, how do we know, you know, we're not yeah. mind. So I-
0: yeah. And Ernie, I can see you, you kind of laughing there and everything in which it's, it's, I'm sure folks have said this room has never worked. And you're like, that's right. I, yeah. Go ahead. You never told us. Yeah. Uh,
2: and you know, sometimes it's, it's just user training that needs to take place. Uh, we have a dual help desk. We have an overall IT help desk. Of course, you know, we have, an integrated hospital, mm-hmm. so uh, priority one means something different in the hospital than it does in a classroom. Yeah. Uh, but uh, our help desk, our two help desks, do communicate well with each other. If uh, someone in a classroom calls the IT help desk, they'll create a ticket and then they'll both forward it and call mm-hmm. our help desk. We use the same ticketing system, so tickets are shared. Uh, it just has to be assigned to the AV group Uh, so uh, we work that way you know if class is in session having an issue it gets a priority one same thing if a uh, you know patient care issue takes place that's also a priority one but they're dealt with differently you know and we have we have similar but slightly different SLA's uh, for each area
0: and the, the, the thing I want to actually ask about with you, Ernie, is this, is that when you guys have two separate help desks and everything, do, do as I say, no, do both of them, can both of them still see, you know, oh, hey, I forwarded this over to uh, this group and everything. Can they at least still see, you know, what the progress was? No. Because yes.
2: You, I mean, I can follow, I can follow any ticket on campus. Okay. But especially those that have AV flag to them or that have any of my people's names on them. And the same thing with the, uh, IT help desk.
0: Okay. Because you know, you know, as well as I do that, uh, there are some clients who will be like, Hey, what's the status of this? And you go, well, I handed it off to so-and-so yeah, but I'm asking you. And it's like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Well here I can
2: pull it. If you tell me the issue, I can call it up. If I have the ticket number, I call it up real fast. If not, I can still look it up by room number or issue. Mm -hmm. Uh, if it's, you know, if they say the same thing to me, they said to the to the person that took the ticket, you know, I can look up the keywords. Uh, similar to what Scott was saying, you know, you just call the help desk and we'll take care of whatever our AV help desk does kind of that with the classrooms. You know, mm-hmm. yes, our job is the projectors, the displays, the microphones, the codecs, mm-hmm. but if they have a comp- problem with the computer we do uh tier one support on the computers. You know, we, we'll go in and try to take care of them. Uh, but, and we work real closely with uh, the workstation support team that can get somebody in there, not as quick as we can get AV tech in there, but we can start the process and be on the phone with them and they can talk us through a lot of the issues that we have. But if the temperature is uncomfortable in the room or housekeeping hasn't been there, or, you know, the air handler's making a loud noise, we will take those calls and we'll deal with
0: them. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, we will track, uh, our, uh, campus operations group uses a different ticketing system, but we track those as well in our help desk if they have anything to do with classroom issues. Oh, yeah. uh, so when I go back to meet with our, uh, leadership team every month, uh, our advisory group, and I say, you know, the temperature has been wrong in these rooms every day. I can say, you haven't called us about it, you know, or we, we only took one call that was yesterday. That wasn't all month where you called us and told us, and we called it in. And then here's the response we got back from engineering and operations
0: on it. So the fans have been squeaking ever since I get in there, you just put the ticket in 48 hours ago, You're right? Already we're working its way through. Um, yeah, that's one of those things that it's, some folks, some folks go. Well, I should just call up and, and and have it and do this. And I'm going, yeah. And you know what? Perfect example was actually this today. Uh, we actually had an adjunct faculty member uh, who we we went to a smaller form uh, PC and everything. And there's only four USB ports on the thing. It's the little Dell seventy forty. It's the micro. It's about the size of a you know about the size of a sandwich.
2: We're going to those next round.
0: Yeah. So um, the thing is, is that uh, we've been putting them into these credenzas, and part of it is the credenzas don't actually have pocket doors, so they can't like actually slide back, so they open all the time. And if they close it, you know, wham goes the uh, goes the thumb drive. So as our means of mediating this, we went and said, you know what? Uh, we'll put a ticket in with the help desk folks, and we're going to have all the keyboards changed out to the where they have uh, two USB ports up top to make life easier, right? Well, the gentleman comes in today and he goes, yeah, that didn't work. I'm like, wait, what do you mean it didn't work? And it turns out that the wireless clicker he's using, he plugs it in and the first message he gets off the screen is that it's drawing too much power. I kind of looked and I went, it's a clicker. <laughs> How much power could this draw? But at the same time, we kind of looked at it, and now, you know, I said, well, can you put a ticket in for this and everything? And he's like, yeah, but I just told you. I said, yeah, I know. I put the ticket in last time. Um, put the, you need to put the ticket in, because that way it's actually coming from an outside source, and it's not just me going, you know, rah, 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 rah. Um, So we're doing that, and more than likely, the sneaking suspicion I think we're going to end up having to go is probably having to put a powered USB hub um, you know, probably, uh, um, either at like, uh, we have like the little wall plates, uh, or we just end up putting a USB extension cord of some sort. Yeah. Um, either, either way, you know, it's a fix, but you know, I, believe me, I would ne- have never have known that a wireless USB clicker would, uh, draw that much power off a keyboard, off a keyboard cable, but you know, them's, uh, them's the USB breaks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but like I said, that's the, that's the power of the, of the, uh, of the ticketing system in that, you know, we're not omnipotent, we're not omnipresent, which also coincidentally doesn't make you a Greek God. So yay for that. Um, but you know, that's, that's how it is. Um, <clears throat> all right, guys, we're, uh, coming up on the time here. So Mr. Scott, where can the fine folks find you at?
1: Uh, I'm fairly active on Twitter at, at F Tyner, and you can find me on uh, LinkedIn. always like new connections on LinkedIn. Oh, yes. And Mr. Ernie,
0: where can I find you at? You find me on LinkedIn as well. Oh, there we go. Well, I'm Bill O'Donnell. That is EdTech for you. EdTech, a part of the AV Nation podcast family. Once again, this is EdTech.